look at James chapter number 4 and verse number 11. How beautiful it is to see everyone praying together. What a sight. And Lord, we did it because we need you. There's no other reason. We did it because there's some impossible things happening in our personal lives, and there's some impossible things happening in our church family lives. And so we're asking that you would hear those prayers. I want to talk about this thought of slander. I want to talk about slander. And is it a part of a Christian, or it should not be a part of a Christian? And where does it come from? And how should we avoid it? And if we're possible, with God's help, by praying, to help us, first of all, eradicate it out of our life. So the title of my message tonight is, What Are You Saying? What are you saying? That should be asked by a lot of Christians instead of just listening. What are you saying right now? James chapter number 4 and verse number 11. If you're able to, out of the honor of the word of God, you would please stand, show reverence to his holy book. James chapter number 4 and verse number 11. The scripture tells us, uh, if you note it with your eyes, I'll read it to you aloud. It says in verse 11, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. I think the scripture is clear. He's talking to those that are saved. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Let's pray. Lord, help us as we navigate this thought of being truthful, but at the same time not being slanderous. Help us to speak the truth, literally, in love. And I pray that you'd give us wisdom in judgment. And when to open our mouth to give out rebuke. And when to keep our mouths closed. So that we cannot and we would not hurt somebody by our erroneous judgments. Lord bless us. Uh, help me as I preach. And help me to be understood. Use my words. I pray clear it up. I pray that the hearts tonight, Lord, would be focused on you. And that, Lord, we are willing and wanting to really live this principle out in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, you may be seated. Don't think that I'm hearing a lot of problems with this while I'm preaching this. Because sometimes that's what I feel. You're preaching on something that we have a problem with. I've learned this. I just have to be obedient to Jesus. And if he wants me to preach on this subject, there's a reason for it, and I'm going to do that. But more than that, we should be proactive in our Christianity. We don't need to wait for a problem to address truth from Scripture. Let's address truth from Scripture while there is not a problem. Because as knowing the truth about slander, it would probably warrant us when we're about to do it to say, I just heard we shouldn't do this. I'm not going to do it. All right, so uh, sometimes that's the case. I, I, don't, I don't feel anybody's doing that necessarily that I know of personally. 
Uh, but maybe the Lord's working in your heart. Maybe there's some things happening that I don't know about. And it's not my job to be the policeman. I'm the pastor. And my job is to walk with God and to talk to God and to pray to God and to know the word of God and to be following his leading as a church because I'm responsible for the choices that we make as corporate church. So that's my goal and to be a blessing to you and to feed you and to help you and to care for you as a shepherd would care for his sheep. And so I'm not a policeman. But the Bible speaks of this word slander in the church house that would warrant that it happens to save individuals in the church and maybe at home. And so be careful. It goes to say uh, to husband and wives, please be be careful not to slander your spouses amongst the children. It doesn't help. It does not help the cause. You are a team in that home. You're a unit, and your children do not need you destroying your husband or you, husband, destroying your wives in front of the children. They don't need that. And so goes in the church house. Church members, there's no need of you destroying the human authority that God has placed in the church house and the people that he has uh, given some delegated authority It's his, but he delegates it. And so be very careful that you don't destroy those by the words you are saying. God has given us a clear, clear teaching that if we have ought with a brother, there is a right way to address it. And that is Matthew 18. Go to thy brother alone. And the spirit of that is reconciliation. The spirit that is the spirit of peace. The spirit of that is so that there is harmony in the church because we're two of us is not bigger than the entire church. And we don't want our problems together as individuals to uh, hinder the work of the Holy Ghost as a corporate church. I'm careful as an individual in the church. I am the pastor, yes, but I'm also a Christian first. And I, as I uh, relate to you, I also relate to you, not just as your pastor, but also as a Christian. And so I have to be careful how I relate to you, all of us, that I am not a hindrance to my God working as, as a whole in this place. God wants to do something amazing with our church. God has done amazing things with our church, and he wants to continue to do amazing things with our church. And this principle of slander gets in the way Because it is destructive. Its idea is to destroy. Let me read you to the verse again that I just read to you. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. The law being the word of God. But if thou judge the law, can you really judge the law? The law was perfect. You cannot judge the law, but if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. And that's what happens when you have the spirit of uh, judgmental spirit and and overcritical spirit over people around you. You end up becoming like a Pharisee. And we'll see a few things where slander is rooted from. And you'll find some of those uh, things found in the Pharisees. Uh, And so be careful that 
uh, as you judge somebody, make sure, make dead sure, you are not above the law. We make laws, don't we not, as Christians, that are not founded in the word of God. But we make it a law, and we put people under that law. The Bible talks about that here, by some of the tradition and rudiments of the world. The Pharisees have made some laws that uh, they have put above the word of God. You have to be careful with that. Be careful with the standards you have in your life. Be careful with the convictions that you have in your life. And make sure, make dead sure, that those things are properly under the truth of the word of God. Because we have no authority on our own. As the pastor, I have some of my own convictions. But I cannot bulldoze you with my own convictions because that's my convictions. I have to find what the Bible says. And what the Bible says has to be the authority for all of us. Not what Pastor Chris says plus the Bible. Do you understand that? And all of us do that. A lot of us do that. We add to the word of God. We should not. What are you saying? I've heard some crazy things that people believe. And I'm like, where is that in the scripture? That's not even in the scripture. The principle of it is not even founded in scripture. And you're telling me that this is what a Christian should be doing. Where are you getting that from? It has to be based on the word of God. Now I can... Uh, because I'm having to be the preacher, so I get to open my mouth publicly a lot, I get to give you my opinions on things. And we're very careful. I love Pastor Cole. When he's about to give you his opinion, he'll give you a few words clarifying that this is just my take on it or my opinion. I appreciate that, and I try to do that, because we want you to know you're not following us. You have to follow the truth of the word of God. Just like we have our own personal opinions based on the word of God, you should have your opinions based on the word of God. And Romans 14 clarifies to us, did you know this? In Romans 14, that if one of us deems something unclean, it is unclean to us. But we have no right to say that that's unclean for everybody. The Bible says, look look at Romans 14. We have a problem with Christian liberty a little bit here. But when it says there in in Romans 14 that one person steemeth the day holy as unto the Lord, the Bible says, let him steem that day holy as unto the Lord. But another man, that same exact day, he does not uh, uh, treat it as holy as unto the Lord. And so the Bible says, so that man doesn't steem that day holy as unto the Lord. But he's fine. All right? So be careful with that. Be careful that your perception and your your, uh, Bible conviction and Bible preferences does not equal to the Bible itself. Be very careful with that. Be very careful with that. Some people do not celebrate Christmas. Did you know that? People do not celebrate Christmas. I do. And I can prove in Christian liberty that I am allowed to do that. And they're allowed to not celebrate it. And guess what? If they come to our church, I'm still going to put the Christmas tree up. And I'm going to say to them, in Christian liberty, as the pastor of the church, 
I don't have a problem with a Christmas tree. And we're going to be okay with it. And we're going to go on as Christian brothers. Because what is the significance of Christmas tree over to the fact that Jesus is the Savior and no one else? That's more important. So those things we cannot disagree because the Bible is clear about salvation. And so uh, think about that as it's talking about here. Sometimes we have become judges of people we don't even know. Because we put ourselves above the law to judge them. Be very careful that you don't fall into that trap. Older Christian gets this way. Be very careful, please. As much as you know the scripture, do not, do not do that. Romans 14 and verse number 10. It supports this thought here in Romans 14 and verse number 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? Where is this found? I was just talking to you about it. In context, it's talking about Christian liberty in Romans 14. Romans 14, 10 is the verse I'm reading to you. By why dost thou judge thy brother in that context? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? You know the set at naught there? You know what that means? To slight, to disregard, to despise. So let's read that in that. Thou... uh, why dost thou despise, disregard, or slight thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You know what I do with Christian liberty? This is how I do Christian liberty. Make sure that your standards and your convictions are founded by principle from the scripture. And they're doctrinally sound. Because those things don't change. So make sure they're doctrinally sound and they're founded on biblical principles that you can share with us by going through passage of scripture and saying, because of this, I have a conviction on this. Because of this, I decide to have a standard this way. Make sure it's founded in here, all right, if you're going to have those standards. But the ultimate standard, and in verse, the same chapter, I believe it's in there, it's another verse, it talks about that whatever you allow in your life, In Christian liberty, do not let it condemn you. So here's the truth. Who's the judge of how long your skirt should be and what show you should watch and where you should go? If it falls in Christian liberty, who's the judge? Your other brother? God. God. And you are personally responsible for what shows you're watching, what clothes you're wearing, and where you're going. That's why I say to you, that's not my job. But I'm going to tell you uh, what the Bible says. All right? And so in Christian liberty, imagine that. All right? So we're getting to the point here of slander. Because slander comes in like this. All right? It, it comes in like this. And what is slander? It is a false tale or report maliciously uttered. Intending to injure the reputation of another by, lists, by, by lessing him in the esteem of his fellow citizens. By exposing him to impeachment and punishment or by impairing his means of living, defaming, de, de, uh, defamation. All right? And so that's the Webster Dictionary for the word slander. A false tale of report maliciously uttered. It comes from a heart that is wrong and crooked. And it's to hurt somebody and to hurt their reputation. 
So a lot of times in our Christian circle, we don't have a problem with Bible truths. If you're taught Bible truths, you know what we have a problem? And we, we fall in slander when it comes to Christian liberty. And that's when we have a problem and we talk about one another. Did you believe what they did? Do you know where they went? It looks like a wine bottle they're drinking. I understand. Don't let your evil, your good be evil spoken of. There's some truths to those. Abstain from all appearance of evil. All right? So I use those for standard. I don't go to a liquor store. I could be going to a liquor store with good intent, and maybe it's my cousin that works at the liquor store, and I want to invite him to our banquet. That could be happening. You don't know that. All right, so be careful then on your side looking at a Christian and saying, Ooh, pastor went to the liquor store. You are quick to judge and you're quick to speak rather than you should be quick to what? Listen. Slow to speak. Quick to hear. Man, before you bring any railing accusation on a brother, you better be dead sure. You better be dead sure it's documented. It'd be better be sure before you open your mouth. Because here's the truth. We're one and all, and all in one. Here's where we have a problem here as individuals, as Americans. We have a problem with this. If you go and blast my name, my name is attached to this church. And you, if you're a member here, your name is attached to this church. And more than that, beyond all of that, this church only exists because it's attached to the name of Christ. And so when you slander and you blaspheme one another, you are shooting yourself on the foot. And you're hurting yourself by doing so. If we have a problem in the church house, let's deal it in-house. If we have a problem here, let's deal with it here. Let's don't bring it to the next church. Let's bring it to the other church over there. They need to know what kind of pastor I have. I I need to tell them what kind of members we have at our church. I'm going to tell them over there. So if you have a problem, if there is aught between you and a brother, you meet them in here. It's happening here. The problem is here. Let's do it here. Matthew 18. Matthew 18. There's too many people talking about things they don't know. And it's hurting the church of God. It is hurting the church of God. Listen to me and listen to me well. It's hurting the church of God. You don't believe God can take care of his own? And if somebody is in gross sin, you don't think God can take care of it? That you have to bring everybody else involved? Luke 6.45. Luke 6.45. Where's the root of slander? Evil speaking. I'm not talking about constructive planning. I do a lot of constructive planning. I know who works well with other people. And I'm not going to put two diabolical personality in the same group. I'm trying not to. I'm learning. Because they're just not going to fit together. They're just going to have problems. So that's constructive. That's what? I'm going to talk about this person and this person with my planning group. I talk about that. 
maybe we shouldn't put this person because their personality in this person. That is not gossiping, and that is not slander. That is being constructive because we want to do something that's right. What I'm talking about slander is when you talk about it to destroy, to hurt them and destroy them. That's not a Christian thing to do at all. That's not a Christian thing to do at all. A good man, look at 645, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, bring it forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, bring it forth that which is evil. For with the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Can I tell you that slander is founded in the heart? If you're going to speak slanderous words and you're going to be caught being a slanderer, it comes from your heart. Look at here in Matthew 15. Matthew 15 and verses 18 to 19. Slander comes from the heart. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. 19. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. And before any words are formulated, thoughts were they. I'm talking like Yoda. But uh, 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 before they were words, there were thoughts. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. That's why Jesus had to come to the source of sin. And he says, I'm going in you to clean you from the inside out. Praise the Lord for true Christianity. Jesus came at the heart. And he's cleansed me from the heart out. He's got more to do and more to work at it. I'm a work in progress we talked about last Sunday night. But praise the Lord, the almighty God is working on me. And I'm sure you're glad that he's working on you. And praise the Lord, he saved us. And our soul is eternally secure forever. Hallelujah for that. So here's the thought. Fix the heart. Fix the mouth. If you fix the heart, you will fix the mouth. For if the mouth only speaks out of the abundance of the heart, if you get to the source of the problem, this will stop. Slander is at the heart. It's a heart problem. You know why you spill those evil things? Because there's something in your heart that is not right. And you're only saying those things is because something is broken inside. And something has to be done by that. Here's some sources of slander. Here's some places of slander from the heart. And uh, we'll put names to them. There's five tonight. Number one, hatred. 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 Something in the heart you hate. And so it comes in the form of slander out in your mouth. Look at this verse in Proverbs 12 and verse number 18. Proverbs 12 and verse number 18. Proverbs 12 and verse number 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. Now, that could be a good thing because the word of God, it says, is sharper than any two-edged sword in Hebrews. And God says that God spoke them. So that could be a good thing, a positive thing. But the contrast 
comes after, and it tells you that this is not a good thing. All right? And look at it again. There is that speak it like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is hell. Now, you put the two together. A wise person will be wise with their words because they're more concerned about the health of the people listening to what he's saying. So this person is not just going to say something that is utterly true just for the sake it's utterly true. Do you know there's some things that are true about me and my wife that you're never going to hear me say out loud in front of you. But it's totally true. And by the way, it's none of your business. And they're not all bad. Some of you are thinking, oh, some bad stuff going on. No, it's some really good stuff. I got four children, don't I? There's a reason for that. There's some good things that you don't need to hear. Correct? Just because it's true, it doesn't mean you need to say it. Just because it's true, it doesn't mean you need to say it right now. Just because it's true, it doesn't mean your mouth has to be wide open about it. Love covers a multitude of sin. I'm glad nobody is behind me shouting, He's a loser! Hey, my name is so-and-so. He's a loser. Hey, my name is so-and-so. He's an idiot. Hey, my name is so-and-so. He can hardly sing. I'm glad nobody's doing that behind me. And so Christians, why do you do that behind your other Christian brothers and sisters? Why are you doing that? We're on each other's side. You're slandering the name of Jesus when you do that. If you have a problem with them because their personality doesn't click with your personality, you two sit together, figure it out. Figure out what the problem is. Then don't sick me on other people. My goodness. I'm preaching now. It's not my job. My children do the same thing. Dad, fix it. I got other problems I have to deal with. My own. You learn to fix it. I can't change this person to make you like this person. And thus, I can't change you to make this person happy with you. I'm just going to do what God wants me to do. It's your responsibility if you're not getting along with somebody in this place. Fix it. God's way. Fix it God's way. With kindness. With love. With care with your words. Season with salt. Minister to them. I think there'll be more power in the church, and there'll be more effectiveness when we love each other. And we truly do, and we're not going to say bad things. Oh, they deserve it, Pastor. You do too. You do too. You're not on the higher ground here. That's what you're saying when you, you, I just read to you, are you above the law? You're in the same law as everybody else. God is the judge. Will I answer to Jesus Christ? Not to you, not to me, to Jesus someday. Right now, let's help one another have a better resurrection. Let's help one another and don't have hatred in your heart. Have you noticed when you hate something, you're passionately loud about saying something against them? I don't know whose kid that is. But he's just become famous, all right? 
Sam, take care of your son. <laughs> you know the story of Cain and, and Abel? Cain and Abel? That was funny. That was perfect. I love it. Cain, I do. I know you'll take care of them. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. There's some more? Mom, can you help me? Yeah. So, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, right? Let me get to it now. Cain had, a, had an anger. For I don't know what reason he was angry that God did not accept his sacrifice. And uh, the way he did it is the fact that his anger uh, to his brother resulted in not just words, but an actual deed and murdered his brother. And his brother didn't do anything wrong. Just did what was right. Uh, but his anger towards God, hatred towards God, sometimes, just be careful, if you, if you have some hatred towards your God, eventually it'll show over here. It'll show in your people around you. Fix your heart. If there's a reason why you hate God, you're in a wrong situation. Something has to change in your heart. And the same thing, you know, if you love God this way, it'll be shown this way too. It's just it works that way. All right. Number two. Some sources of uh, slander. It comes from a heart of hatred. A heart of pride. Number two. A heart of pride. Look at Romans 2, verses 1 to 3. I have my, 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 my Bible in my notes. You know, guys know that, so I can move fast. Romans 2, if you want to turn there, Romans 2, verses 1 to 3. Therefore thou art excusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. These are strong words. These are very clear words. Therefore thou art excusable, O man, you have no excuse, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Double standard a lot of people have. They tell you, you shouldn't do this, but they do it. And that just shot that whole thing. There's no influence in there. They're just going to look at you and laugh at you. What? What are you talking about? You know? For thou judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. That's why, guys, if you want to do proper godly judgment, don't go out of this book. Just stay in the parameters of this book. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Just go with this book. Because God says his judgments are true. Don't add to it. Just stay with what God says. All right? Now, it continues here. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Verse 3. And thinkest thou this, O man, that thou judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. I think God is trying to say here, pay attention to your own self. That you're obeying the truth of this word of God more than you're paying attention to everybody else if they're doing it or not. Self-examination and self-assessment 
it has to be on the forefront of every individual Christian more than looking at everybody else and saying, are they doing it? Is their marriage right? Are they really doing devotion? Are they going to church? Are they really giving? Are they tithing? They don't even read the Bible. That should not be the focus of your Christianity. The focus is saying, Am I, do I love God? Am I witnessing? Uh, am I reading my Bible according to uh, the word of God that it says that, I, that, that I, it's like a deer that is thirsty and, and is wanting it to go into the water? Uh, I mean, it's the desire of, uh, that I have for the word of God. It's always self-examination. Not others. Any self-examination. And we become proud, prideful. We become prideful and then we say things to other people. And it comes across arrogant. And it comes across boaster. Be careful. Be careful. What are you saying? What are you saying? You're better than us? What are you saying? You're more important than us? What are you saying? You have something we, we, we don't have? What are you saying? Slander comes from a heart of hatred. It can come from the heart of pride. Number three, it can come from the heart of envy. A heart of envy. Look at 1 Peter, chapter number 2. 1 Peter, chapter number 2, and verse number 1. You know why it destroys somebody? Because you can't stand it that they have something you don't have. Some of you have friends, and some people want that, and they want those friends, and they're not getting it. And because we don't want them to have those friends, because we have them friends, we say bad things about those people so that they don't get close to the people that we don't want them to be close to. We'll slander people so that they will not have a closeness. Why? Why? First Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, is talking to the words now. Guile is talking about the mouth. And hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking. You see, envy comes in there. And the idea and the word malice is here, we find in the heart of an individual that is envious of another person. They don't deserve all those uh, people that like them. I'm going to go around and say, I want that. I want the recognition they get. So I'm going to do this. You, you, I know you like how he sings, but he really don't know how to sing. You know, this is a better singer, look. And that's an example. But there's other things that we do. Are we guilty Christians for doing that? With one another in the church? Are we guilty? Because we envy somebody else? And we can't rejoice with them? No. We can't rejoice when somebody gets promoted? We don't get to rejoice. We don't want to rejoice when somebody gets a brand new car. When somebody gets a nice something in their home. It's funny, though, in our culture. I don't know. I don't, it may be up here. I want to crack at it. It's my opinion now. Why do I have to apologize when God blesses me with things? 
Why do I have to say it was on sale? Why do I have to say somebody gave it to me? If you can afford something and God has blessed you, I'm happy for you. I'm rejoicing for you. Somebody got an addition at their house. Hallelujah. Why do I have to find something wrong with God's blessing on my brother? Why do I have to do that? Why? Where is that spirit coming from? I think the devil. I'm glad Pastor and Mrs. Cole are set for life. Financially. I'm so glad. If anybody that I know deserve it, they do. I'm glad. Well, you didn't. So what? Be happy. You didn't. Well, work as long as he did. Why didn't get that? It's not his fault. Talk to God. I'm trying to be real with us. Because slander comes from this. From an envious heart. Remember what Saul? Saul started really good. And Saul ended up really weird. Like really weird. People that are envious are weird. They get upset at the most weird things. Because it's eating them up in the heart. Get rid of envy. There's no room in the Christian for it. Get rid of it. Rejoice when somebody rejoice. When somebody gets a brand new suit, don't make fun of it. Compliment. I know we're sarcastic here and I love it. But once in a while, pay a genuine compliment. Somebody got a nice truck. Woo! Let me ride in it. Let me borrow it. Number four. Where does the slander come from? It comes from hatred. It comes from pride. It comes from envy. And it comes from bitterness. Bitterness. Here's the hard one. Here's the hard one. Because bitterness is a result of a really a genuine hurt. At times, not all the time. Sometimes they're just hurt in their head. They're making it up. But sometimes bitterness comes from genuine hurt. Somebody really hurt you. And in your heart, you want to destroy them. Because they soured you. They really stepped on it now. They really messed it up now. And my action is now, I'm going to get full revenge. And I need to have justice. What a message by Brother Aaron. That love does not seek fairness. Wow. And I wish I was recorded. That was a good one. And the the thought about bitterness is, there might be that you are excused to be mad because it was a genuine hurt that happened to you. But you see, God goes beyond that. When man can understand, oh, he's mad. I understand he's mad because he got hurt. He got abused. She got abused. You know what happened to her? I understand all of that. But who wants to stay bitter? 
Who wants to stay bitter? Even the people that are bitter don't want to be bitter, to be honest with you. Nobody wants to stay bitter, even though it was really something that happened genuinely and it hurt them. Man, if you're the one that hurt anybody like that, please be sorrowful. Be, be asking for forgiveness and make it right. Make it right if you've offended somebody in that way where they're bitter. Fix it. Fix it, please. Don't, time won't fix it. Time won't fix it. You have to go to them and say, I have caused something to happen to you that I've hurt you in this way. I'm sorely, sorely sorry. I, I, please, whatever I could do. There's probably nothing I can do to change it now. But I just want to let you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. My best of my ability, I'm not going to hurt you anymore. Do that. But if you're the one that's been hurt, you can be slanderous. You have the temptation to be slanderous because you're bitter. Look at Ephesians 4, 29 to 32. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, let all bitterness, not some of it, all of it, take it out of the root. Take it right from the root. Get it out of there. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. There's the word again, malice, and there's the word again there, evil speaking, accompanied with bitterness. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted. Where's the problem? In the heart. Where's the problem of slander? In the heart. The heart of somebody that's bitter. Forgiving one another. Whew. Even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven me. What an illustration Brother Hilliard gave. Imagine somebody came to your life and killed your family. Not only do you forgive them, not only you offer them your resources to bless them, but you have them come live with you in your house and sit with you in the same table. What a powerful illustration of God's love. It ain't natural. It ain't human. It is Christian. It is Christian. Your sins killed Jesus Christ. And yet someday you're going to sit in the same table with him. And that's the love he wants us to show other people. And not just other people, but ourselves here. Christians, you're loving your brothers like Jesus would love you. And lastly, where does slander come from? From the heart. The heart that's full of hatred, full of pride, full of envy, full of bitterness. And then lastly, those of that have critical spirits. Critical spirit. They're just good at criticizing. They are just good at finding what's wrong. Numbers 14 and verse number 36. Numbers 14 and verse number 36. In the next verse, 37,
tells us clearly what happened to these men. They all died. But look at what they did. And the man which Moses sent to search the land, who returned. And there would not be a problem if you have an opposing or a different opinion. It would not be the problem. And it's not the problem. If you have a difference in opinion, there's a proper way to address the difference in your opinion. That's not the problem. They might have had a different opinion. But look at what they did. Instead of taking care of it the proper way. And the man which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him, against Moses. By what? By bringing up a slander upon the land. That's when they failed. That's when they went wrong. I'm not saying don't give out your opinion. I'm glad you're giving me your opinion. But know this well. I don't have to do what you say. At the same time, at the same time, I might like some of your ideas. And I will accompany it with some of other people's ideas. And maybe God's ideas. And we'll put it all together. And we'll do something together. But if you don't like that I made a decision, or somebody that made a decision, and your response is this, well, I still don't like it, all right? And then you go to the entire church and put a slander on that individual, then, my friend, you are dead wrong. You are dead wrong at that point. You are dead wrong at that point. That's what they did. And made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land. As your pastor, I will do things you will not like. You have the right to talk to me about it. But if you go around and talk to everybody else, then my friend, you are dead wrong. Just like when I was not the pastor of the church, and that man sat here as the pastor, and if I did not agree with him, how many of you knew that I didn't agree with him? None. There's a few people I talked to that I trusted. But none of you know. And he doesn't even know. You know why? Because I honor him as my pastor. Mom, who are you talking to about your dad? Your husband. Decisions at home that you do not like, who are you talking to about it? And why are you talking to them about it? Are you asking for counsel to help you submit to his authority? Or are you destroying him? Children, are you talking about your mom and dad to people and destroying them because you didn't like what they wanted you to do? That's not the spirit of Jesus Christ. And that's not the spirit of Christianity. And we should not be doing that in the church house. We should have open communication with one another because we have what we call love for one another. And if you have love for one another, you welcome them to talk to you. And there's no animosity. There is no weird tension. We should be able to talk because we're family. And we can fix some problems. And we say this, and I hope we mean it, it doesn't have to be my way. Well, let's put that into practice instead of saying it. It doesn't really have to be my way. 
I could. I'm the pastor. I could change the color of those candles. I'm almost a pastor now, a year here, next month. Have you ever known that I didn't care for that color? No, Miss Sharon, I do like the color. I'm wearing it. I'm using that as an illustration because I hope you understand other areas. Correct? I could say something about that. But do I have to? Just so that I get what I want? Do you have to really get what you want? At everything? (laughs) I think we don't have to. I think we need to get some deference. We need to some preferring one another. We need to some servanthood one another. We need to just let them have it sometimes their way. And don't, don't mess it up. And just, oh, okay, I'll have them in their way. I'm passive-aggressive. I'll just I'll let them do it, but I'm going to talk to my chica friends. <laughs> and they sit in front of you, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no problem. But behind over here, hey, I don't really like that. I don't know why he's doing that. That's happening. That's happening. I hope it's not happening in our church. Because if it is, stop it. Ain't good. It's not good. Slander. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you for everyone that's here. Lord, I pray that we would get a hold of our heart and that these things should be out of our heart. Hatred, Lord. Pride. Envy. critical spirit. Lord, help us. And that our mouths, Lord, out of the abundance of our heart, it's, it's open and it speaks. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would have what's right in our heart so that we can say the things that will be good for the edification of one another. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' name.